You're listening to the PK Experience Podcast, where I tap it in the minds of today's impact players. My name is Peter King. I'm the host of the show, and my guest today is Alex Frost. Alex is a cannabis consultant. She calls herself the consultant, and she was someone that I was interested in reaching out to with the growing cannabis industry and wanting to better understand its impact on society and uh, culture in the various regions that it is becoming more popular. So we dive into all that and much more in this episode. And thank you for listening. Let's get into it. Here I am with Alex Frost. All right. I'm here with Alex Frost, the consultant, the official (laughs) cannabis consultant. How are you, Alex? Thanks for joining the show. I'm good. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you. Um, You came as a referral to me and I'm interested to dive into your world and better understand it. Um, you are a cannabis consultant, as I mentioned, and uh, that is a relatively, I don't think you could major that in that, you know, 10 years ago. Um, this is a relatively new thing. So um, explain to the listeners sort of what you do and how you got into this. It's, it's uh, intriguing. Sure. Um, let's go like way back, actually. Let's start with um, when I was 10. So um, when I was around 10 years old, um, by the way, I'm sitting by a window, and so we're we're what <laughs> we're was that mer- by the way? We're at the mercy of people walking by. <laughs> what, was that sounded like a baby pig or something? What was that? <laughs> Someone laughing. Okay. <laughs> um, so when I was 10 years old, um, I woke up to the DEA raiding my my family oh. house and um, kind of guns to our heads and the big chaos um, of like the movie scene that you can imagine when there's a drug raid. Um, and later on, as I grew up, my brother's a couple years older than me. As we grew up, he went into the cannabis world and I couldn't understand it. I was like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Weren't you just as traumatized as I was? And um, I never really got it. He even ended up with um, a dispensary in Los Angeles and it got raided and he still kept going. And I just never got it. I went the straight and narrow. I went uh, the straight and narrow. I went um, into basically executive level um, work, basically in the corporate world. So I was an executive assistant for 12 years for C-level execs and big CEOs and people who own companies. Um, I basically figured I will get an MBA, but I'll get paid for it. (laughs) So that was kind of the way that I went. And then um, I'd say five years ago, um, I had built up such a reputation for myself in in the town that I live in as being one of the best high-level executive assistants that this man approached me um, and said, Hey, like I need the best of the best. I have a startup. And I said, okay, like I'm, I I love the job I'm in. I've been here for six years, but tell me what you're doing. And he said, it's, it's a cannabis company. And I said, absolutely not. I have zero interest. (laughs) I'm not interested at all. And this was around the time when we all knew that it was coming up on the voter ballot, I think in about a year or two. So um, I even knew things were going to become recreational and like, what a great time to get into the industry. But I still said, absolutely no. And he said, listen, come have lunch with me. We'll go somewhere nice, get a free lunch <laughs> um, and just come talk to me. And I was like, well, all right, might as well go do that. Hear what he's up to. At least I'll be in the know. Right. And um, after talking to him, what I got out of the conversation was this opportunity for myself to kind of go back and save the 10-year-old girl. Um, He was building a brand that was going to be one of the very first brands that was focused on kind of the Orange County soccer mom, if you want to say that. It was going to be approachable. It's going to be accessible. It's going to be packaged pretty. It's not going to be like this stoner kind of hard hitting, you know, brand, which is, which was all that was out there. And what I got from that was, wow. Okay. If we're going to change laws to make it so a 10 year old girl doesn't have to go through the same thing that I went through, who are the people that affect the laws? Well, it's usually the kind of middle class and upper class um, population. 
well, they don't have cannabis that's approachable and accessible to them. So of course they think it's only going to be stoners and drug dealers and people who are outside of the law. So, wow, I could go in and I could actually do it a fun way, not have to go lobby in Washington, D.C., but build a brand, learn how to build a brand and possibly impact um, another child's life somewhere down the line. So I said yes. It was um, me and five guys and a crazy idea. <laughs> and um, we did it. We built uh, in, in, I think, Right. One year later, we were named the number one flower brand in California. Wow. Can I, can I interrupt you for just a second and go back to that incident when you were 10 years old to better sure. understand, like, sure. what was, did, did somebody accidentally carry home a little bag, a bag of pot <laughs> or like, were your parents these mega drug dealers? Like, what was the context of that? Yeah. So, that? you know, we, we, I'm in that, I'm in that kind of family where, we're all very close. We're all very open, but we don't really talk about things. Um, and, and we could, but I think that we kind of all hold it together and we're more focused on the present that we just kind of don't. Um, so I don't, I don't honestly don't know the real facts and everything, but, um, I do know that, you know, I lived with a parent who had an ankle bracelet on for a year and couldn't go outside a certain diameter around the city and um, stuff like that. So I don't, I don't think it was, I mean, we weren't living in a house where it was like, these are big time drug dealers. (laughs) At least, (laughs) at least that's what I would assume from the movies, but um, something went wrong. So, so this was, was it in the middle of the night? Was it in the day? It was at like six o'clock in the morning, like five o'clock in the morning. You're still in bed asleep. Yeah, I woke up to it. People come ziplining in through your windows, smashing in. (laughs) That's what I'm imagining. Yeah, I know. I know, right? It it was very much like a movie scene. Um, There's really not a lot different, actually. They do do a good job depicting that. Sometimes you watch things on movies and you're like, how real is that really? I'll tell you right now, drug raids are very, very real. So they came in full charge, uh, yeah, by surprise. and so I would imagine that'd be fairly traumatic for a young child yeah. to experience that. Very yeah. Scary. And those, um, I think they call it flashbulb memory where there's just certain things you remember um, and kind of the rest ends up being memories that you maybe pull together based on conversations, maybe even based on the movies, but the things I do specifically really remember as my own memories um, were small, small little things mm-hmm. that make a difference. I remember like I remember the, um, and by the way, this is actually the first time that I've gone into full detail with anyone um, publicly, so (laughs) (laughs) congratulations. Okay, cool. Yeah, I mean, if you're comfortable doing it, I'm just, I'm curious and I'm interested to know because it helps, it really helps set the scene for why you are doing what you're doing today and, and create some context and all that, so. Yeah. And I, uh, transparency is one of my highest values and I think that we can all learn from each other. So it's important to share. Um, any adversities or hardships that you have in your life. Um, I also believe it's, it's the way that we can combat enemies in like the idea of enemies in the world. Once you know someone's story, you can't hate them. So it's important for all of us to keep, you know, sharing. Totally. So, uh, yeah, I'll say one, you know, one of the, one of my, one of the memories that kind of stands out the most is the officer who is, I guess, assigned to sit with me while everything else was happening and you know I, I i sometimes i find it funny i'm like how did this officer get assigned because he was not a he was not a child uh like genius like he, he <laughs> definitely didn't feel qualified um he was talking to me like i was two he was asking me if i wanted to turn on the tv next to me and put on bugs money while like my mom is laying there naked with handcuffs on sure like, of course you know, no that makes sense you know, hoping the dog doesn't get shot so it, it was just i remember sitting, either i was more intelligent than i should have been at that <laughs> age or he was not qualified because i just remember looking at him like even at 10 years old like you you fucking idiot what, what do you think is happening here um and i also think kind of about where he is in this world sometimes you know i wonder what his experience was like still banging his head against the wall trying to figure this whole thing out yeah like what made him pull that short straw so Um, yeah, it was not a world that I wanted to go into, but I saw the opportunity to make uh, an impact in a way that I couldn't make any other way. 
So, so, so I'm sorry, real quick. So they ended up taking your mother away in handcuffs. Wow, that's rough. Yeah, that 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 part gets a little blurry, but but yes, I think I think my grandpa came and picked us up. You know, he probably had some authority to take us instead of child services, but um, and, and was it? things went right back to the way they were as far as I remember like my mom wasn't she was only gone maybe a night or something or we were gone a night like who who really knows the timeline um from that memory but it wasn't years she wasn't locked up no no so it must have you know I don't I don't know how those things work I don't know the politics behind it all but it must not have been that bad if she was allowed to stay but then also had the ankle bracelet and but and, and it was specifically for pot, to, as far guess, as you know. Again, not really sure. Just yeah. the, the the war on drugs is kind of what I call it. We don't <laughs> really talk about it in our family. But gotcha. when I kind of piece together the things I do know, I I imagine it couldn't have been you know a huge drug lord situation, and it couldn't have been drugs that were you know. Oh. By how intense drugs are, <laughs> but you know I don't think it was something that was really bad but I don't know I'm not really sure gotcha. um and you know some someday I'm sure I'll get a little more curious and feel a little more permission to ask about my own history because it is my history mm-hmm. but in the meantime it hasn't felt like a need um I've yeah I I feel very I think when I was like 20, I did landmark, the landmark forum for the first time. And um, it was the first moment where I got that my mom was a human being and not <laughs> thing that, you know, emerged once I emerged into the world. Right. And I think for, just- For those that are listening and don't know, landmark forum is a, like a personal development program where you understand sort of the psychology of where you came from and how like where your beliefs come from and a lot a big part of it is understanding yeah your parents place in the world uh, and how you were influenced yeah. by them in, in positive and maybe sometimes in ways that don't serve you as well but anyway go ahead well and they give you the tools to if you do see it in a bad light they give you tools to kind of try to see them in a good light but yes. regardless I, I saw my mom as a human for the first time and it's so I, <laughs> I think just ever since then the, the curiosity to, to dig in you know my memory is my memory I've healed through my own memory and uh, I don't know I don't know if the details and, and bringing up that conversation and bringing up that pain for her is really worth it at this point yeah. um, I'm sure it will at some point in my life but for now yeah <laughs> so all right so you have Experience. Uh, as you were growing up, then were you, uh, you had mentioned your brother had gotten into similar things or whatnot. Like, so were you just like, I don't want to have anything to do with drugs because of partly this experience, I'd imagine? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, my survival instinct has been an interesting one. It, it's, um, I think from probably, I'm sure some psychologists would say that from that moment on, I have felt like I had to take care of myself. Um, and I did, and, and just the, the route I went was just trying to be on the straight and narrow. And, and I did, I remember everybody in high school was smoking weed, but I didn't have a lot of rules in my house. And so the rebellion of smoking weed wasn't really there for me. So it didn't feel that exciting. And so I remember my rebellion was actually like, I'm going to be the girl who doesn't smoke weed till she's 18, even though all my friends are trying to get me to, everyone's trying to get me to like, that was my big rebellion. (laughs) And, um, I've never really been that into, um, things that alter me anyways. I mean, I, I drank a lot in my twenties, but, um, I don't drink anymore because I kind of got to the point where I realized I was only doing it. I was getting drunk to get drunk because once I was drunk is when I liked it. You know, and I never drank for myself and just, I don't know, things like that. So yeah, alcohol and drugs and altering substances have never really been, um, you know, a huge, massive need in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, I advocate, I mean, obviously I'm in the cannabis industry. I advocate for cannabis and the plant medicine and I'm not a huge stoner myself. I'll, I'll use it for sleeping sometimes. And I see that there are some good products. Um, and I think my survival instinct still doesn't quite let me 
lose complete control as much as I could. So mm. I'm not a huge stoner or um, a large cannabis user. I don't have really any ailments either um, where I need to use a lot of cannabis. So I'm pretty lucky in that sense. What, well, what an interesting advocate and what an interesting hire mm -hmm. by, by, your, by the owner of the company to bring you on board because of those things. And that, that, I'm sure that was part of the strategy and bringing you on the team. But um, what, what is your experience with, like more specifically, you ended up smoking weed, I guess, at some point when you said when you were 18 or whatever. What was your experience with it then? And then what is the broader experience now with why you're an advocate for it? Yeah. So my experience, I remember the first time I, I smoked weed, my, my biggest memory was um, really wanting jello and like really like <laughs> noticing how amazing jello was. <laughs> you don't have to smoke weed to think that. I mean, and I think back then, I'm, I mean, I know that there was studies out about the healing properties of cannabis. And I know that that was a conversation, but it wasn't a conversation in my world. So now it's a huge conversation in my world. And, um, you know, Charlotte is a, was a 13-year-old girl, and we all knew her when she was little. She's basically the girl whose family moved to Colorado and really sparked a revolution in CBD becoming um, legal in the United States. Um, she's like the little girl who had the epilepsy that got cured by the CBD, or, or got minimized, I should say. And... Um, she actually just died of the coronavirus, which is, um, wow, I didn't know yeah, so she died at 13, I think yeah. a couple of weeks ago, which was for our community, a devastating loss and um, a really beautiful reminder of the kind of cannabis revolution that, that we're in, that we're in the middle of that isn't very old. We are, um, it's a funny thing because cannabis is old. Like we talk about the OGs, but the, the real OGs are like our grandparents, grandparents, grandparents. <laughs> but at the same time, the legalities of CBD, hemp, marijuana, all of cannabis, you know, all of it, it's an infancy stage. We are in infancy stage. Um, you know, federal grants are still not being used for cannabis or maybe just being used. I have, I'm not really caught up on that part, but um, the medical side has been alive for hundreds of years, but we are now just only talking about it and making it a really big um, foundation for the industry, um, probably in the last 10, 15 years, and definitely in the last five, because recreational is now open. Right. Can you break down uh, from, from a 50,000 foot view, like what is the difference, what is the difference between weed and CBD and like, just so that people understand the, I'm still relatively new to this, yeah. I know some of it, but. Um, yeah, so, um, um, so cannabis is a, a, a plant, basically a flower, a plant. And um, cannabis, now there's lots of names. People will call cannabis is the same thing as weed, which is the same thing as flower is a new term that we now use in the industry to determine between vape or oil or tincture or edible. Flower is going to be the, the nug, the weed, the cannabis that you're used to smoking. Um, so cannabis, weed, flower, all the same things. Marijuana, we don't use the word marijuana as much anymore because a lot of information came out about how it's actually... Um, a derogatory term, a very racist term. And, and I, re I recommend everyone going and looking that up because the history yeah. behind the word is really fascinating. I would butcher it, so I'm not even going to try. <laughs> okay. um, but it is a racist term. Um, then within cannabis are um, cannabinoids. Now, cannabinoids, you can imagine, are basically just what make up a plant or the nutrients in a plant or the um, like we have our organs. So imagine that a cannabis plant has these things called cannabinoids. Now, one of the cannabinoids that we all know the most is THC. That's what you know. Mm -hmm. If you have a cannabis plant and for whatever reason there is zero THC in it, you're not going to get high. You're not going to get that high feeling. Um, and uh, that's why you can 
so so then so then the next one we know the most about is cbd or the one you hear about the most mm -hmm. so thc everyone knows about cbd everyone knows about but but people don't know that what those things are are cannabinoids that come from a cannabis plant okay uh, there's also so many other ones. There is CBN and THCA and THCV and all of these ones that you can research. And there's actually even um, tests that you can take now to find out how your body works best with different cannabinoids. And when you go to a dispensary and they show you, hey, you should buy this flower, it's called purple banana or whatever, they'll also show you the cannabinoids that are in there and you'll know, oh, my test said I'm really good with THCA for sleeping, THCV, whatever it is, and you can pick a flower that's gonna be best for your body. Now that's kind of, um, you know, going from 50,000 feet down to like a little bit of a zoomed version, mm -hmm. but um, hopefully that helps a little bit. I'm sure I butchered some of it just because I'm <laughs> on the spot, but, <laughs> but um, that's, there's a, there's a lot to it. And I know that that can be the most intimidating thing for consumers. Um, for me, I still get intimidated when I walk into dispensaries. So I get it. It's, yeah. it's intimidating. It's not an easy thing. And you almost feel a little uncool too when you walk in and you're like, well, I don't remember which one's Indica. Is that the one where you sleep or you wake up? And I get it. It's intimidating. There's a lot of information. So what are some of the main uses that people are, are coming to cannabis for? Yeah, I would say the number one is sleep. Um, I think that if you talk to your friends, you ask your friends, hey, how many of you have perfect night's sleep? Guarantee you're probably maybe gonna find one person in your, in your friend group. I love this quote I saw online that said um, something about how maybe what you're not missing is sleep, but what you're missing is peace, inner peace. Mm. Um, and right now, especially, I think it's a really hard time to, you can feel functionally, um, accelerated throughout your day but the second you hit your bed and your mind kind of tries to shut down and your body shuts down and you realize what's going on in the world it's just it's a lot it's a lot for us to take on um, on a biological level um you know just in our cells and also um when we are conscious so anyways sleep is i think the number one especially right now do you know why like do you know what it does biochemically that helps you sleep so there is, I'm trying to remember, uh, CBN is a cannabinoid in cannabis plants that is the thing that helps you sleep. So um, the cool thing is, is now you can actually go find products that are really heavy in CBN and it's going to specifically be formulated to help you sleep. There is an amazing company that just got launched called Dreamt that's uh, like dream with a T on the end dreamt and they, they add in now, I don't want to butcher it either. I just threw um, the very first online summit for brand focused online summit for cannabis. And they were one of my featured brands and they were talking about the science behind using all the different cannabinoids, but also using melatonin and some other different things that we all know a little bit about in their formulation that's actually made for sleep. If you just try to use any of your regular cannabis and just get high and think that getting high and you feel a little sleepy and you go to sleep is going to work for you, it may, but you're not actually getting the best benefits. THC can actually sometimes, it'll put you to sleep, but it'll actually not let you go into REM cycle. You may end up feeling a little bit more groggy in the morning because yeah, you were asleep the whole time, but you didn't actually go into the deep REM that you needed to, or you kept coming out of it, so on and so forth. So now there is so many products that are out there that are actually designed like, hey, we're a company, we're a cannabis company, and we only care about your sleep. Mm. Or we're a cannabis company and we only care about your skin or we only, you know, whatever it is. Um, there are different options now. You don't have to just go get, you know, your cousin's friend, you know, hooks you up with a dime bag and, and smoke that and try to sleep and get the benefits because there's things out there that are not formulated for you. So that's one of the really big differences, you know, between now and the first time I ever smoked at 18. I have no idea what it was. Like, <laughs> I don't think anybody did. <laughs> um, so um, of the different things that uh, cannabis is used for, is it the THC that's actually 
what people are after or the CBD or like, what is, what are the, the, the properties that make those two things different? Like why would somebody want the THC version versus the CBD? So, um, CBD is definitely more of a healer. It, it is designed to, the way I kind of like to explain it is, um, if you have a headache and, um, so humans have a, a, an endocannabinoid system. Um, and right. I was just talking about how cannabis plants have cannabinoids. So we have an endocannabinoid system. Cannabis plants have a, um, cannabinoid system or properties. They're very molecularly the same. Again, I'm not a cannabis biologist or anything in this sense. So, you know, take this with a grain of salt and do your own research. (laughs) Um, But the way that I understand it is um, the cannabis plants cannabinoids are the closest to the ones that we have, at least in terms of the research that they've done so far. Mm-hmm. So when you have, let's just pretend, and I don't know if I'm getting this right, but let's pretend you have a headache. It means that your endocannabinoid system is off. And so um, CBD is the healer of the cannabis plant. It's, it's the healing cannabinoid. So when you use a product that has a very high CBD um, structure in it, it's going to go in and heal the cannabinoids that are off for your headache. So if you're trying to heal something in your body, it's because your cannabinoid system is, your endocannabinoid system is off. You're going to use CBD because it's the most healing property of cannabinoids in the cannabis plant. Now, the caveat with CBD and um, people will argue with this, but I very much believe this, is that a plant is meant to work as a whole, right? Like you don't work as well if your arm is cut off. You are meant to be a full human and yeah, you can still function, but to be a whole, complete, fully versatile, you know, whatever meant to be how you're supposed to be in your body, um, you're supposed to have everything there. So um the plant is the same. So if you just try to take CBD out of a plant and go, okay, great, here's what it is, we're gonna go use it, it's not gonna work as well as if it was in a whole structure. So people go and find CBD products that are, um, that can cross, you know, you can get it shipped to you, it's online, and those are great, but they're not gonna be as functional or as um, healing as if they had some THC in it. So you can get products that have CBD in it and THC is just a little bit, like just a tiny bit, not even enough to get you high, but at least it activates the CBD to be the most healing that it absolutely can in your body. Um, so I recommend that even if you're someone who says, well, I don't, you know, I don't want to get high, but I want CBD. So I'm just going to order it online. I'm going to get the, the na- nationally legal one. I would say, listen, there is CBD products that have THC in it and you would never know the THC is in there. You would never feel high. They've formulated it in a way that it won't. However, the THC is going to activate the CBD to be the most healing it can and going to actually be the best bang for your buck. Um, you mentioned uh, nationally uh, legalized or whatever. Like, so right now it's, it's very much a state's issue as I understand it. Um, different states are, are, um, there's regulation around it. There's, uh, you know, new laws around the different things. Is it the, I'm in Missouri right now. It's not legal yet. I I think it's coming, but it's not legal yet right now to smoke. Um, but there are, you know, you can go and get, uh, CBD oil or products that have CBD in it. So is CBD, uh, something that's a non-issue like that can be sold everywhere. Mm -hmm. And it's really more the THC that, yeah, and so those that CBD is coming from a hemp plant, which um, here's where I'm not I'm like not gonna know the correct information, but there's a difference between hemp and cannabis, and I believe it's something to do with the mother and the female, and we're now we're going to biology. I'm not sure, but hemp is legal in uh, the United States. Um, it does not get you high, so the cool thing is you can actually go to a dispensary and get um, CBD flour that's made from hemp and you will smoke a joint and it looks like weed and it smells like weed and it tastes like weed, but you just somehow smoked a whole joint and you're not high, but you got all the CBD benefits. So 
there's hemp and there's cannabis and um, hemp is legal in the United States and cannabis is statewide or state, you know, regulated. Gotcha. Um, I'm curious about the manufacturing side of things because Mm -hmm. I, I think as people are becoming more warmed up to this idea and or have a health issue that they're looking for some reprieve in. Um, and they want to possibly try this um, and, and not necessarily through, do, like, do you have to have a doctor um, prescription for it? Number one. And then number two on the manufacturing side of things, how do they, how can they uh, create a consistent product? It seems like there's so many variables in there that, that the product itself may vary in quality yeah. or possibly in, you know, health, uh, you know, it could be something that your body does, uh, rejects. Yeah. So if you are in a state that has passed recreational law for cannabis, you can simply walk into a dispensary. You have to be 21 or over. You have to have a, a state ID or, or you can have an ID from an out-of-state. Just you have to have an ID saying that you're 21, a government-recognized um, identification. Um, and that's it. Walk into a dispensary. They will help you. Bud tenders. Um, now, they call them bud tenders because it's like bartender, but bud, bud tender. Bud tenders are the most overlooked, undervalued humans in the industry. They are so wonderful. They have so much information. They are so smart. They will help you. They are there. They are making less money than they could if they went and worked at Trader Joe's or something. They have decided to take on a career in the industry to simply help you walk through the door and not know what you're doing, why you're there. You're scared. You feel uncool. Whatever it is, they will help you. So if you're in a state where their recreational laws have passed, Walk into a dispensary, go on to Weed Maps, weedmaps.com, look for a dispensary near you or delivery. Delivery is an awesome option too. They'll talk to you over the phone and that's it. You just need to be 21. It's really that simple. Now, um, understand that just because you're in a state, for instance, California, right? We went recreational in 2016, I think. Um, Santa Barbara, the town that I'm in, did not actually have recreational dispensaries until I think a year ago. So for everyone here, we had one medical dispensary. And what that meant was you did have to have a doctor's, um, it's, it's like, um, what do you call it? It's like a prescription, basically. You can go online and get it from a doctor and we can go into that. But um, we basically only had a medical dispensary here until a year ago. And this passed in 2016. So your municipal laws are going to be different also, or they're ha- not have opened up or whatever. And that can come down to zoning in your city, city council, wanting it here, wanting it not here, whatever it is, your statewide legalities still sit. However, it doesn't mean the city has approved that a dispensary can just open up. They have to approve when bars open up. They can only be, they can't, a bar can't be next to a school. It's the same thing with dispensaries. So you may still be in a city and you likely are actually, if we did statistically, you're likely still in a city that is, doesn't have a recreational dispensary in it. California has been really slow in that sense, um, which is why the green rush never came to California. Like we all thought it was going to is because um, I think right now we're up to maybe 600 dispensaries and we thought it would be in the thousands. Mm-hmm. So um, just because you're in a state doesn't mean your municipal zone has a dispensary, but you could just drive to your next one and, and go have that experience. If you're not, if you, you don't even have to buy anything, but if you're in a state that has that recreational law, um, of course, when things lift from COVID-19, go check it out. Walk into a dispensary and you don't have to buy anything, but it's a really beautiful experience to have, especially right now when they know that, you know, 60% of people that walk in are probably going to be first timers. Um, they're going to take care of you. You may even find like a bath bomb that doesn't feel like scary to you and you can try it and, you know, just have a relaxing night. So is that just, uh, does that actually go into your skin then? Is that the... Yeah. Okay. So what are the different types of products? If you were to walk into a dispensary, since we're on that subject right now, you sure. know, there's, there's the edibles, there's uh, bath bombs. Um, what are the different yeah. types of product categories so that people have an understanding when they go into what to possibly even look for? Yeah. And, and also what is the difference in, in how you consume those and its effect on your body? I'm curious. 
Yeah. So I don't know that I'll be able to speak super intelligently about how they impact you and um, whether one is better than the other. It's going to be very specific to the way that you like to consume um, and whether the product that you really want has a style of consumption that you enjoy. Um, But the, the, the biggest, um, categories are going to be flower. Now that's again, going to be the weed, the nug, the, the kind of raw plant that you're used to seeing. Um, the next is going to be vape, which is, you know, what you put into a vape pen. Um, then there's going to be like tinctures. Tinctures are going to be something that you can either put into like a drink, put into your mouth, um, put under your tongue, um, anything that's kind of like a small little bottle of something. There's going to be edibles, like you mentioned. I think everybody knows edibles and maybe has had an experience with edibles. Um, drinkables, there's also that as well. So there is sodas and juices and waters. Um, there is also topicals. Topicals go on your skin. Um, then there's kind of like this funny category where it's like hash and um, dabs. And these are more like the the kind of like waxes and... Um, powders and these kind of things that I think are used a little more graduation to get up to. I don't even, I've never even used a dab before, but it's really taking the concentrated THC oil or wax or um, butter from a cannabis plant and then like, and then using that. Not my, not my world. Um, It's a little intense for me. Um, but I think that covers most of the categories. There's also now a new category called an edible. I think we were calling it an edible. It doesn't have a real name yet, but it's basically something that you can add to your own drink. It's basically a liquid you can add to your own drink or add to your coffee or add to whatever, which feels a little different than a drinkable or a tincture. Mm. So those are the main categories of what you're going to find out there. Now, I would consider a bath bomb under the topical section. Um, and then in terms of what is good to use it it just depends on the person some people love the ritual of rolling up a joint and passing it and maybe um grinding up some flour and putting it in a pipe and kind of having that little ritual of that some people like really big discretionary uses so they want to use a vape pen which you know even less than that is going to be something like a tincture it doesn't smell at all or they even have they even have um like imagine listerine strips they have those for cannabis as well. So um, the world is really your oyster when it comes to how to consume cannabis. There's a lot of different ways. And if you're intimidated by one, I promise you there's another one that is going to work for you and not feel as intimidating. My favorite product for sleep, by the way, since we just talked about it. Um, And it's funny, they're actually not a client of mine, but I probably promote them more than any other brand that's out there. They're called Mary's Medicinals. And they have this, it's a, it looks like a pen, but it's actually gel. And you twist the top so it gives you a perfect dose. And you put the gel right here on your wrist because this is where your body can absorb a lot into your, um, I think probably into your bloodstream. Yep. CBN gel pen. So CBN, like we talked about before, is perfect for sleep. So you put the little gel on here and you rub it together. It's brown and you just rub it together until it it dissolves. And um, it doesn't necessarily make you feel like groggy or anything. I kind of just go to bed and just have a really awesome night's sleep. It it takes you in, it specifically says it takes you into REM cycle within 20 minutes. Um, I believe it. I believe it because I get amazing sleep with it versus nights when I don't use it. So that's just a really cool example of like how far they've come with cannabis. It doesn't have to just be smoking weed. You know, there's a CBN gel pen for sleeping. So, right. Well, there's, there's obviously a really big brand problem if you're in this space and you're wanting to, uh, and you're an advocate for the medicinal value for the, um, reduction of stress for you know, all the different health benefits, because I think that the average person, at least in the older generations, uh, probably associate, yeah, the, the stoner kid on the side of the street with the reggae, this, that, whatever. And it's like, um, if that's the only thing. So I, I, I'm curious, what would you say are the biggest misunderstandings that people have? Yeah, I think, um, 
so one I think would actually be how easy it is to go into dispensary so I'm glad you asked that question because I think people are still very intimidated by the process like do I need to bring something what does it mean that we voted recreational um, you simply just need to bring your ID and walk in and I promise it will take care of the whole rest of the process for you so I think that's a, a pretty big um, thing to mention the other big misconception I think would be um, that THC levels are what determine your experience. So a lot of people who are stoners, um, I even don't like to use that word actually, I think it's a very stigmatizing word. So people who are heavy um, cannabis users will say, oh, I only want a high THC, I only want 30%, which is like one of the higher numbers. Um, and it's just not, that's just not, the truth anymore. We've learned that there are these things called terpenes in flowers, which give you, they're basically like essential oils. So as we all know, like lavender is good for sleepy time and um, those kind of essential oils. It's the same thing with a cannabis plant. There's terpenes in there and some are better for some situations and some are not. And it really drives your experience and the quality of the flower as well. So THC is no longer a big part of the conversation. And I think that's a big misconception. Um, the other would just be that, you know, what's been really interesting for me in the last five years in the cannabis industry is really realizing how much everybody smokes weed. <laughs> like everybody has used weed or does use weed or, you know, has experience with it knows somebody um it's really kind of been this coming out process because especially for for women i think that it's hard because we don't want to be seen as stoners we don't want to be seen as you know uh, not productive um we want to be seen as like you know feminine and whatever and um can't like it's okay to use cannabis you're not a stoner you're not someone who's out of control you're not using a substance that alters you because you're trying to escape it's not an escapism um you can use it and it actually is going to help you be more functional in life depending on what's going on with you so i mean cer um, certainly people do use it as an escape certainly people do get stoned um, on it and with that intent um how do you how what's the difference between somebody taking it to to as an escape uh, and or to get stoned versus somebody who's looking at it, you know, to re just reduce stress or to, to uh, sleep better or what have you. I mean, the drug is the drug, is it not? How, why would that be any different for somebody that's approaching it completely differently? Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to stop you from using the word drug simply because that's what we are campaigning against kind of every day. So um, let's, let's not call it a drug simply because um, it's a medicine. Well, technically a drug would be like a stimulant, right? So, I mean, caffeine is a drug. We all drink coffee. Sure. Um, if you want to put it in the safe, if you're willing to call coffee a drug, then yeah, we can call cannabis a drug. Right. Okay. Yeah. That, that's how, I mean, that's how it's, yeah, not yeah. Uh, crack and, and PCP yeah. or something. I, yeah. But, but even still like does coffee, um, you know, help take you into remission from cancer? <laughs> no, I mean, obviously there'd be different health benefits from different yeah. types of yeah. stimulants, but. Yeah. So th the, the difference, I think the difference is just when you want to use it, how you want to use it and what your intention is beforehand. Now, obviously that gel pen I just talked about, I'm, I'm probably not going to use it to go escape unless I'm trying to escape my day and want to take a six hour nap and just sleep. Um, but in terms of going to the dispensary and saying, Hey, I want something for fun and I want something for healing. You can do that. And they might even say, well, here's this and you can use it for both. It just depends on when you want to, or what your intention is behind it. Um, you're going to have fun and it's going to kind of heal you at the same time. Um, so it's pretty magical in that sense because, you know, you can get both things but one of my favorite strains of just pure cannabis flower is called lucky charms and lucky charms um is for me like a giggle factory and at the same time i know that it's also going to relax my body it's going to help with stress it's going to help with anxiety um 
and all of those things. So yeah, maybe I'll sit down and have a session with my girlfriends one weekend and just have a giggle fest. But at the same time, guess what? My anxiety is gone as well. And I can use it not around them. I had a, uh, actually a conversation with a friend this morning and, um, she had, she smoked weed in her entire life. And she was saying how, how different it is now as uh, she's in her forties versus when she was 18 and how at 18, it was an escape for her. It was a rec, certainly a recreational thing. And, uh, and also how screwed up she was psychologically. These are, these are, I'm paraphrasing her words um, when she was younger, just dealing with craziness at home and uh, you know, being a young woman, et cetera. There was just a lot of craziness in her world versus now when she feels like she knows who she is, that it really is more um, her intention behind it is much more to, to be enlightened, to be creative, to um, not to necessarily escape, but maybe to even amplify what she already is. And so it's interesting to me how one's intent can change the entire experience, especially when, when the stimulant, uh, what do you call it? Not a drug, but a, what, how do you refer to it? Medicine. Medicine. Okay. When it, um, when it challenges your psychology, when it challenges your belief. And, and I know that some people who have taken um, any type of, of mind altering substance can have a very traumatic experience because they're hanging on to what their ego is trying to hang on to versus somebody who's very open and saying, I'm okay to surrender to this. Um, do you have any advice for somebody who's, who's new to it? Um, how to approach it in terms of your psychology and in terms of your intent? Yeah, I, I think that now this may seem kind of woo woo or um, a little too new agey, but I would just say try it on um, before you take anything that's going to alter you, um, whether it's going to alter your biology, whether it's going to alter your mind, your whatever it is, your day. Um, and it can be for a good experience, could be for a healing experience, could be for a sleeping experience. Um, just kind of hold it in your hand and set an intention. Like what, what is it going to hurt to just say like, Hey, like, you know, I'm taking this because I want a really good night's sleep or, you know, Hey, cannabis plant, I'm going to take this and go frolic on the beach. Show me what I need to know or, you know, whatever it is. And I don't necessarily think that you're putting magic, sprinkling magic into the product and the products and go, okay, like I'll do that for you. I think what's going to happen is you're already setting your mind. You're letting your mind know, Hey, we're about to go have this experience. Um, this is what my intention is. And your brain's going to go great. Now I know let's make sure we have that experience and I'll help control it and navigate it in that sense. If I can, I'm not saying this is going to always work for everybody, but um, you know, like I'm a burner, you know, I've taken psilocybin mushrooms. I've done other things that kind of alter you. And for me, that's always been my experience is like just a mini ceremony, like a five second ceremony just to set your intention. Because um, you know, if you're going to take something that alters you, you only have so much control, but you can set your control in your mind beforehand. Um, I really believe in the power of your mind. And I would just say like, you know, try it on, do smoke weed today. Don't set an intention, smoke weed tomorrow and set an intention and just like see what happens. Um, I think I I feel pretty confident that everyone will find a pretty, pretty big difference. As you're mentioning that what's coming to me is, is, like if, no, if somebody had never been on a roller coaster before and they went and they were tense and they were hanging on and they didn't know and they were fearful, of, like that's going to be a really shitty experience. Yeah. Um, and you yeah. could even hurt yourself if you're that tense and rigid going around, you know, somewhat violent corners and stuff like that. But if you went into it saying, I'm just here to have fun and I'm going to surrender to this and enjoy this experience, whatever, it could be a completely different experience, even though the roller coaster is the same ride. Yeah. I mean, you're trusting too. I think I I hate to bring up such a morbid thing, but I think that the reason a lot of drunk drivers are the ones who survive the crash is because they don't, they're not very aware. They're not, they're They're loose. Their body's loose. They're yeah. 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 Um, What kind of roadblocks do you face as an industry right now? Like what are the biggest ones that you're hitting right now? You know, the biggest one is banking. I think, um, banking is still a federally regulated thing 
And um, in terms of the federal government, cannabis is still a schedule one, which is right up there. I think, I think um, like oxycotton is like even less than that. And meth is, is on schedule two. I don't remember where it all lays, but I remember being really surprised that cannabis is high. It's one of the, the higher up um, schedule one drugs, which means like worst. That's what they mean. Like schedule one, schedule two, schedule three means like a level of worse and schedule one is the worst and cannabis is up there for federal. So which that, that's, yeah. that's crazy because there's so many people in prison for just smoking a joint. It's insane. Yeah. That's, that's the war on drugs. Right. And I think like, this has been a funny meme, but also uh, a very sobering meme that I've seen over uh, the past month or however long we've been in this weird time. Um, Imagine having gone to prison for cannabis and then the government saying, well, cannabis is an essential business. Like, Mm. just imagine that. Imagine the kind of world that you, I mean, I just imagine the world I went through at 10, you know, and it wasn't even me having to like sit anywhere jailed up or anything. And it's just, it's a wild thing that it's now deemed an essential business in, in California, but um, yeah. So the biggest thing is banking. I mean, um, I think we all, I definitely took for granted what the world of banking is because I'm just like, Oh yeah, I've got a bank account. Actually I have banks like asking me, begging me to be a patron of theirs. And I don't know. I don't really like think about the fact that the government controls that because for me, it's just like a free enterprise that I get to use whenever I want. Mm-hmm. So imagine creating a business and not being able to have credit cards and not being able to write real paychecks and not being able to deposit money, but you have to be careful because you don't want to launder cash. Um, And, you know, I've had, I've had other friends who are consultants who decide to help a CBD company and they'll get a check from them that'll say like, you know, CBD, you know, one, two, three, whatever the company is. And for whatever reason, their bank will notice that and shut down their account. And they're just a consultant helping. They could have helped with, you know, management. They could have helped with how to clean the bathrooms, like whatever it is. But because the bank, you know, stopped them for helping someone in the cannabis industry and it's federally illegal, they're getting shut down. So people's bank accounts, it's very common for a cannabis company to have their bank account closed. Like one of the things we'll hear often is, yeah, dude, this week I've got to go find another bank. This, our accounts got closed again. Mm. Our accounts got closed again. Our accounts got closed again. For and somebody that, because, you know, sorry, what were you going to say? Uh, oh, I, I thought you were done with your, your thought. Uh, I was just going to say, it's just, it's, it's difficult. It's um, how do you function? What yeah. do you do? You know, how do, how do you make sure that your employees are part of a W-2, you know, government protected um, employer system when you have to pay them cash? Right. As a consumer, are are people's bank accounts getting frozen or shut down or anything like that because something pops up? No. And and I'll tell you why, because I forgot to mention this. If you go into dispensary, you cannot use your credit card. Mm, it's always all cash. It's always all cash. Or um, I think they've now worked it where debit cards work because you're technically pulling it out right away. And then some dispensaries have figured out a way to um, kind of work around the system. So you can buy a gift card with your credit card because you're just buying, uh, you know, like money, basically a credit. Mm-hmm. And then right then and there, they'll use the gift card to use towards your products. So that depends on if you're at a really like, fancy kind of dispensary who's figured it out but in general you want to make sure you have cash with you yes it is it is by and like by and far the cannabis industry at least in california is a cash only business which is very difficult yeah um what are the what measures are being taken right now so it's it's a uh what you said a class one um Schedule one, yeah. Schedule one. Uh, are, is there lobbying that's trying to get that yeah. pushed down to a three or something like that? Or where are yeah, things- there's, there's a lot of lobbying happening. Some companies have um, someone that they hire like to literally just go and lobby around and try to, you know, make an impact. I think, I think right now with the 
presidency that we're under, it's going to be a little more difficult than maybe than you know, if we're under a different presidency, I think it's, it, unfortunately, it does end up going down into politics. And, you know, whether there's, you know, who's voting in Congress and all of that. But I don't think that banking is going to just be fixed without cannabis becoming a federally legal um, product. I yeah. just don't see how, you know, they'll say, well, it's federally illegal. However, we allow banking for it, you know, so I think it's going to have to be one big push. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of people lobbying. And especially when California became a recreational state, tons of investors came in and investors, um, they're good in the sense that they, they typically are the ones who have kind of the poll or they are now more invested in it. And they're saying, okay, what do we need to do to go help uh, make sure this is lobbying in the right direction? Mm-hmm. Um, on that note, what, like what type of opportunities do you see right now for investors? We, we say that right now, the, uh, I think they said the smart dollars, the smart dollars are all gone. So there's not a lot of, um, inter- in terms of investment opportunities, there's tons of investment opportunities. In terms of investors that are still out there um, willing to put their money in, it's very slim because they all jumped in in the very beginning. And very, very, very few companies are in the black. Most everyone is in the red um, because California just didn't turn out the way we all thought it was going to be. Um, it's definitely a long run, not a short run. And one of the companies that I worked with, um, we even refused to take investment dollars from people where it's like, it's their only, it's like, it, it's their heyday. Like it's their big thing. It's their one basket they're putting all their eggs into. We were like, no, it's too risky. We don't want to put that on you. So um, there's a lot of opportunities out there. There's even smaller ones. I just invested in, I just invested like $500 into like a, a small kind of CBD company that has a THC portion as well. Um, there's lots of different opportunities out there. I think that if you are someone who is thinking about starting a brand and you're hoping to raise $30 million, um, you're going to just find it a little bit harder than maybe you had anticipated because the green rush that never came really did kind of dry up a lot of the dollars that are out there. What have we learned with uh, Colorado? And I don't know if you know much about Colorado, but like what, what, what have we learned as a community with this, you know, you talked about this whole industry being in its infancy still, which I understand that it is, but um, have there been any surprises that have come out of, I, I think Colorado sort of the, the, yeah, they were the first ones. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, the only thing I would say about like my understanding or my insights about Colorado versus California or anything we've learned is just that, like, I was never someone who was really into state politics, state regulations, you know, the difference between, you know, how this one state does something and how this state does. Like, for me, I've always been like, why don't we just copy and paste? What's the difference? And so that's kind of how I also imagined with California. I was like, whatever, let's just copy and paste what Colorado did and just put it in here or Washington and put it in here. And I'm just here to tell you, like, it does not work that way. <laughs> like, uh-huh. States are so different. I mean, California is so different compared to Colorado and so different compared to Washington. Um, so if you're in a state and you're like, well, why don't we just vote and it'll pass and then we can just copy and paste and it'll just all work. Like I'm here to tell you, you know, it's, it's not going to happen that way and it's not going to be easy, but it's so worth it to jump in if you can, because how often can you be part of the birth of an industry? Um, and, and it's also, it's a brutal road. I mean, the thing I say the most is we could all be working somewhere else with less stress and making more money, but mm-hmm. we're all in it because like, what a beautiful thing to build an industry to say that we helped build an industry and a funny one too, that's actually been around for hundreds of years, but is now really just like a regulated industry that we can be part of. So, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know about kind of what we can learn from Colorado and there are definitely things and we've asked for professionals and experts from Colorado come over and help however you can take the ideology and bring it over but that's kind of all you can bring over you can't copy and paste things because it's just different it's the season even the seasons are different which is you know make a difference so well California is such a huge state um so many different pockets of people and different um yeah um have you seen an increase in consumption over the last month or so with the whole COVID 
coronavirus stuff? Like, I'm, is there is there an increased interest in wanting to see movement on this? Well, most states, or sorry, most dispensaries, or I maybe I don't want to say most, but a lot of dispensaries, uh, their business in March was like up two hundred percent or something mm. bigger, even bigger than that. Um, it's kind of funny to me because it's like, well, you better go out and get your toilet paper and you better go out and get your weed <laughs> you know, just in case. So, um, you know, in April, April is one of the biggest months in the, in the cannabis world because we have the festival season that starts and we also have 420, which by the way, welcome to 420. Yeah. The 420 we're, we're recording this on April 20th, which is very happy. <laughs> Yeah. We actually, we were scheduled to do this earlier and we had to reschedule and it just so happened that we did it today, which I was like, oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah, it's hilarious. Um, so 420 is one of one of the two or three biggest days in dispensary sales in the year, during the year. Um, but however, March just kind of blew all of those out of the water. And so my prediction is that this month we'll see a little bit of an interesting dynamic happening between supply and demand because, um, you know, you can't just say, oh, we need more weed, let's just grow it and it'll be ready in a day. I mean, it's just like, it could be a 60 day process. So, and, and every product comes down to the flower. Like you, you, you can't have vape pens or tinctures or gel pens without the flower being grown. So um, supply and demand is a really big thing that, um, that we're constantly balancing in the industry. And I think that either right now, what it means is that the supply is um, bottlenecked or, you know, it's good for businesses or it's, it sucks because we're like trying to make more or create more or whatever. And it's also probably a good thing for small businesses too, who are just jumping in and who maybe wouldn't have been picked up by a dispensary, but a dispensary is saying like, Hey, we need more product. It's 420. And um, <laughs> we got really dried out in March or whatever. So it's just yeah. an interesting month to kind of go back and look at the numbers when we're in May, I'll go back and look at the numbers and really kind of dig in and go like, wow, this is fascinating. This is what happens when um, we have an unexpected surge in sales. Right. What, where are the crops being produced? Is that, are they mostly here in the States or are they from all over? Okay. They're, they're all over the state. So you, because we are a federally illegal business, you cannot cross state lines, even if you're going from Nevada to California, which are two um, recreationally legal states. The second that you're on that one little line, you're technically um, in federal like territory or whatever. So you cannot cross state lines. So anything that you're going to buy in California is going to have been grown in California. Um, same with Nevada, same with Colorado, Washington, all of the states. Mm. Um, you cannot go too far up in the air. Otherwise, you're in federal airspace. You cannot go too far out in the ocean or you're in federal air or federal space. Mm -hmm. um, you're really kind of stuck into your own environment in your one state. Now, this is what's been interesting with companies that are multi-state. I may bring up a brand here and you may go, well, hold on, like, how do I get that in Colorado? Um, there are a lot of companies who are multi-state functioners. So what they'll do is, this is the hard part, right? They have to go rebuild their entire company over in another state. You can't just, uh, you know, sh grow in one and ship it to the other. Mm. So um, if you see a company who is nationwide, uh. just know that they have put their heart and soul into like making sure that they have um all of their ducks in a row for each state interesting um i know we're getting a little bit close on time i wanted to ask you one sort of final question do you have a case study of somebody that you would love to point to where they were dealing with an ailment whatever that may be and then have taken the product and and where they are now just to give us an idea as to to the power of the medicinal side of the plant yeah. Um, well, so Charlotte Figgy is the little girl I talked about. Um, and what you'll find interesting about her story is it wasn't just CBD. She ended up getting, um, Charlotte's Web is the company that ended up being produced out of um, the request of her parents. And uh, Charlotte's Web is the, they have products that have THC in it. So um, that you can go read more about that. She's, she's a fascinating little girl. Um, the, the big birth of a revolution. I think it's really important to go read up on her story, even if you use CBD a little bit, because it's interesting to know that 
you know, like you can, if you drink Coca-Cola a lot and you go look up the history, like that was, that was hundreds of years ago or what, you know, I don't know, however long ago it was. However, if you use CBD right now, you can go look up the history and it wasn't that long ago, which is a really cool thing to just be in spirit of. Mm. Um, The other uh, company I'll mention is the Compassion Co. Um, They're just getting started, but one of the women behind that, her name's Carly, and um, she deals with, I don't remember what she has, but she has a bunch of chronic um ailments and um it has made her able to function in her life in a way that she wasn't able to before um and i don't think it would take a very hard google search to just look up some other stories as well the the medicine the healing of this plant has changed so many lives and it doesn't have to be in some big magnificent way um you know if you're listening to this or watching this and you have anything in your life that doesn't feel like it's really working it's it would be useful and inspiring for you to just go check and see if there's something in cannabis that could maybe take you back to a place where you feel more balanced and more at ease and better and um yeah it's possible that it's just that easy Mm. um for those that are interested in connecting with you where can they go yeah so um I think that my Instagram is probably going to be the best. So I have um, my consultant uh, website or Instagram is just simply the dot consultant. And it's just like a consultant, but C-A-N-N, just like cannabis. So it's C-A-N-N-S-U-L-T-A-N-T, the dot consultant. And then um, if you want to just connect with me on a personal level, um, my name is Alex and my last name is Frost. Um, Typically, if you just look that up on Instagram, I'll pop right up. I also, um, the other big passion of mine is... uh, gray hair. So I run a women's support group for growing out your gray hair, ditching the dye, choosing to be more yourself. Um, and I'm a writer too. So if you like to read some stuff, um, that's on there. I do try to keep those worlds a little bit separate. So you won't find a lot about cannabis on my personal Instagram. Um, but if you're interested in one or the other, they're both there. Interesting. Alex, thank you so much for your time today. It was very interesting. Yeah. Thanks for having me. And it's like, what a great thing to say that on 420, I got to uh, <laughs> do a podcast, podcast about, about yeah, it. of course. Well, I need, that's a given. Thanks again. Yeah, absolutely.